you ever have the beard? Had a beard for uh, 25 years, and it turned gray. So no more? No more beard. Welcome back to Tastemakers. Um, I think this is, what, episode five that we're on now. Um, excited to have Mr. Surak here with us. Is it okay to call you Chuck? Please call me Chuck. Chuck, how Mr. you doing? Mr. Surak was my dad. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, everybody kind of knows Sweetwater. They know Chuck Surak's associated with it, but who's Chuck? If you had to give us a snapshot as to who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. I tell you, I'm a normal person. You know, yeah. I've been very blessed, very lucky, but I do consider myself just a normal person. And that's why I'm very careful to not be Mr. Surak. And uh, my wife and I are very humble and, and we want to just be part of the community and help mm -hmm. things get better. And we've been very, very fortunate to, to grow some companies that have helped improve our economy locally and help the lives of our employees and our friends. That's awesome. So does that mean you were born and raised here in Fort Wayne? Did you move here some time ago? Like you obviously have a vested interest in seeing the city succeed. I do have a vested that... interest, but I was born in Southern Ohio. Oh, um, really? My dad was a chemical engineer, and he graduated from Tri-State, which is today Trine University. And my mom was from Fort Wayne, but his first job was at a Goodyear atomic plant in Southern Ohio, and that's where I was born. And uh, as I was going into seventh grade, they decided they wanted to come back to Fort Wayne to be closer to my grandparents or my mom's parents. Mm -hmm. And so as I was going into seventh grade, they, they moved me to Fort Wayne. Uh, myself and uh, I have a brother and three sisters and uh, from that point on junior high and as we called it then and then high school I went to Wayne High School here in town and I consider Fort Wayne home yeah it's a great place to live so then you started uh, here in middle school correct mm -hmm. yeah um, going through did you wind up going to college going away for college where did no you... I did that's an interesting question um, I was very very driven in school and took lots and lots of classes in fact uh, I took summer school because I love to learn and had uh, jazz band before school and, and swing choir after school, so I had many, many more credits than I needed to, to graduate. But uh, immediately after school, uh, I was going back and forth between doing music and doing medicine. I wanted to be a pediatrician, I love children. So I took several years of Latin and chemistry and all the pre-college courses, but I went on the road first as a musician. And uh, uh, after being on the road for a couple of years, I thought I'd do one year and come back and go to school to become the doctor, but uh, I enjoyed the music. And once the music is bubbling in your blood, it's kind of hard to turn it off. And uh, uh, I've just you know, been very fortunate and blessed to, to for the rest of my life. I've never had to work a day in my life because I love what I do. So is this going on the road, is that your, your VW van? Yes, I did take the VW bus on the road. It was a very humble VW bus. My first one was a hand-me-down from my parents when I was still in high school. My mom had wrecked it and she blew the motor up, thank you. <laughs> so I filled it up with two gallons of Bondo on the front and a couple of lights from Tractor Supply. So I had these really ugly looking bug tractor lights on the front and several cans of uh, 99 cent blue spray paint from Kmart. And that's how I did my VW bus. And I learned how to rebuild the engine. So I drove that last couple of years of high school and then I went on the road as a musician with, with that bus and traveled all over the country with it. 
And after being on the road for about five years and wasn't making a lot of money, I had a lot of fun and traveling a lot of places, right. but I came home and started a recording studio with that VW bus. Out of the back of it? Out of the bus completely. Okay. I didn't have a middle seat in it. I had my equipment in there and I would pull up beside a church or a school or a church, whatever it was, and run 100 feet or 200 feet of microphone cables into the facility and I would record the choir or the band or the preacher or the company president, whatever it was, and I'd sit in the bus with my headphones and, and the recording equipment and I'd record them. Now, is that a one-of-a-kind thing? Like, has that been done before? Or? Oh, I don't know if it had been done before, but it was, uh, it was a, a, a matter of necessity for me. I didn't have a building. I didn't have a house. Heck, I was living in a 12 by 60 mobile home. Right. And I would take those recordings that I did in the VW bus and then I would take them back to the living room of my mobile home and I would edit them and make them sound better. And after doing that for a couple of years and every dollar I made, I invested back in to the, to the recording, mm -hmm. but I eventually got my first location over on Getz Road and then we yeah. kind of grew from there. Nice, nice. So um, you mentioned yourself being kind of driven, Does that played into more uh, the business side and also the personal side equally as much? As it's, time's gone on? It's, or? it's every day, everywhere. I yeah. firmly believe if you're going to do something, you need to do it as well as you can do it. Yeah. So I am absolutely driven. I have lots of interests, lots of hobbies, but I also have several businesses and work really hard. But I also find time for my family too. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance that family uh, work life? Yeah, great question. And what I tell everybody is I work real hard and I play real hard. Yeah. Uh, again, if I'm in, I'm all in. Uh, I also don't sleep a lot. I sleep about four hours a night. And so that does give me a little more time to, to do other things. My wife tends to go to bed early and I'll go down to my garage and work on cars or I'll play music or do things when she's asleep. So, so the four hours, is that all through high school as well? Or is yeah, that just been kinda... that my whole life? Really? Yes. Really? Interesting. So work hard, play hard. Um, balance family life well. Is that including raising kids well, being invested in what they're doing, supporting them? Yeah, um, I think so. I mean, like I'm, if I'm, you're running a business and you got a soccer game to go to, how do you? That's a fair question. I will tell you that you know the first 20 years or so of my business, um, I didn't have children involved, so I worked hard on it, like mm -hmm. like you should if you want to be successful. When I got married in the year 2000, I got a couple of little boys came into my life, my stepsons that were four and six at that time. And I'm, I was fortunate that the company was already doing really well and I had the ability to come and go as I needed to. And mm -hmm. I went to every sporting event, every musical event, even though I, I was their stepdad, I just wanted to show a sign of support for them and tried to never miss anything. And I always make the, the children be the priority. Is that something you had in your life growing up with uh, your parents being invested in you or? You know, to some degree, um, my dad definitely, my mom and dad did too, but my dad was, was definitely, would come to baseball games and that sort of thing. But I will tell you, even when I was little, I was already driven. Um, I started selling potholders when I was five years old that I made. And potholders, where you put the loops in the frame and cross them and all that. And I was selling those for 15 cents a piece, two for a quarter back in 1963. You always four. had the business gene. And had that. the business. Then I had a newspaper out. Most of my friends had 40 papers. I had 330. And oh, wow. I had a lawn mowing business and I had six other guys working for me. I bought them all brand new Toro lawnmowers and you know, on and on and on. So I've always been entrepreneurially driven. Mm. And so is that, would you say that's almost a hobby in and of itself for you? Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing something and knowing that I can improve it, make it better, make it be successful. So if you had to choose between acquiring and making it better or starting from scratch, which do you think you would do? Oh, that's a great question. I'm not sure I know. I, I just love taking something and growing it, improving it. I believe in the Japanese term Kaizen, which means continual improvement and okay. things can always get better. And so around here, we're always, how can we make it better? How can we make it better? Mm. I believe you're either moving forward or you're moving backward. I don't think you can stand still. And I, I don't want to stand still. I don't want to go backwards. So in everything in my life, I'm trying to make better and improve. I agree. I agree. So work-life balance, discuss that. You do a great job. Um, always driven, always motivated. Uh, 
talk a little bit about what life was like pre-Sweetwater and then coming into Sweetwater. Now you have an array of businesses, right? Uh, sweet cars, sweet aviation, launch optical. Uh, is there any one of these that kind of grab your attention more than the other or tug on your heart a little bit more? Or I would imagine it'd be uh, Sweetwater. Well, Sweetwater's clearly my baby and, uh, and there's frankly the most opportunity there. You know, mm -hmm. and I've got 1,200 employees and so I definitely spend the most time here and I enjoy doing it, I understand it the most. But the other businesses are all unique in their own way and I love seeing them also be successful. Yeah. Do they all spawn out a hobby, like uh, cars and aviation? No, they're all different. Uh, cars was, was a little bit of a hobby, although I've never really mixed the two. So I have a personal collection of cars at home, uh -huh. and it's completely different than what we do at Sweet Cars. Uh, but that was just a case where the building uh, on the way downtown used to be the uh, largest Ford dealership in Indiana, really? Allen County Motors. And, um, they tore part of the building down, but part of it was still there, and it was an eyesore. And I thought I could clean it up and create some jobs, and that was really my goal. And uh, it's worked really well. We've been doing it now for about six years, and uh, I think we're past the gestation period where a lot of businesses would fail. Yeah. And we've been able to create jobs for about a dozen people and, and, and clean the place up and hopefully try and encourage some others in the neighborhood. But it's a great thoroughfare. Uh, to go downtown and so mm -hmm. there's a lot of traffic by that location every day. I know I go by it every day and then you you also have uh, Sweet Aviation. I just had a meeting with some of those yep. guys over there. And Sweet Aviation that's a that's a sad story that you know we're trying to turn as good in as good as we can into it but uh, there was a doctor, Dr. Hatch, and who had started the business as a side business. He was a great doctor in our town and uh, he actually had two airplane accidents. Yeah, and uh, his sons, right? Yeah, son. One of them plays basketball now. That's right. And uh, Austin is a great basketball player, and his son lived through the first accident, and his son lived through the second accident, which that in itself is just an amazing story. But after the second accident, the family came to me and said, would you be interested in buying the assets of, of the flight school? And I said, no, there's no money in, in the flight or aviation business. And they said, will you at least look at it? And I said, yeah, I'll do that. So I went and looked at it and I found a great young man had been running it for Dr. Hatch all along. Mm -hmm. And it was a good little business. And even through the recession, they hadn't lost money. They never made much money, but they hadn't lost money. And they didn't want a lot for the business. And so basically I acquired it for the value of all the airplanes. And we acquired it uh, about five years ago. And uh, we put new airplanes in through the last couple of years. We uh, added helicopters so we can teach you how to fly a helicopter. We added a maintenance department so we can fix airplanes. Then we moved to a brand new building. And uh, the business is now doing probably three times what it was doing before we acquired it. And it really, it's all about customer service and treating people the way you'd want to be treated. Now, would you prefer to drive or fly? I mean, well, I'm a helicopter pilot, so okay. I'd love to fly. I just flew yesterday home yeah. from uh, Florida. Hey, nice. Yeah. Uh, in terms of cars, what, what, would, what would you prefer to drive then? Uh, you know, I have a whole nice collection of cars and I love them all. And, and not, not from an arrogant point of view. I, I'm as happy with my 1958 BMW Isetta uh -huh. as I am a, a 2017 Porsche. Yeah. It's, uh, each one has their own lines, their own engineering and art. And I just, I'm fascinated by that. I'm as intrigued by the technology in them and, and much more so than the, the thing of just owning a nice car. Mm -hmm. Now, with all these businesses doing well, uh, you've nurtured them long. And I mean, Sweetwater being your baby and blowing up like crazy. Uh, how, how would you say people's perception of you might have, might have changed from when they knew you before, or has it stayed consistent? Uh, how, do you, how do you manage that? Um, I still, because you said just being a part of the community, right? You know, I don't know exactly what other people think of me, and, and I don't I hate to say this unkindly, I don't really care. I just want to do what I believe in. I have thankfully been told from people who have known me my whole life that I'm the same today as I was then, and that amazes them that I've been able to stay grounded. But, you know, we're all human. No one's any more important than anyone else. We all have the same dreams and aspirations and fears and concerns. And I think we all should treat each other with respect. 
Um, but I don't think anybody is any more valuable or important than anybody else. Do you think that that's something Fort Wayne does fairly well? I think Fort Wayne does a great job at that. Yeah. I think down in Washington, we could use a little help maybe to have some mutual respect for each other. I was just there the other day. I, I can understand. Yeah. Uh, so have you, would you say that Fort Wayne then has uh, maintained that or they've had to grow to that, of having that mutual respect, business support? Uh, I think we have a pretty good community and have had for quite a while. Okay. Um, of course, it's easier as the, as the community gets more and more successful. Uh, more people are willing to support the community. So it's a little bit of chicken and the egg which came first. But I think, it, you know, being here most of my life, I've watched the changes downtown and the malls and the malls closing. And, and it's fun to watch the resurgence now back downtown. And clearly one of the big catalysts was the baseball park a few years ago. Well, you had a big hand in that, didn't you? I don't know if I had a big hand, but I definitely went in front of city council and I explained why I thought it was important that we make the investment downtown. A lot of people said, we had a ballpark at the Coliseum. We don't need another ballpark downtown. And myself and a few other leaders said, no, we absolutely, it's not about a ballpark. It's about an investment in our community. Mm -hmm. And when we made that investment, the majority of the community was against it. But I, I have to give a lot of credit to city council for standing up and, and, and taking that risk. And, and the next year, it was voted the number one minor league ballpark in the country once it was built. And ever since then, 400,000 plus people a year are coming through there. There's more events in that thing that are not baseball games than are baseball games. And so it's really a pure asset to our community. And then it caused a hotel to get built and the Harrison to get built and a crosswalk over to the embassy. And I would argue the Ash building would not have been built had we not made that investment uh, downtown Fort Wayne nine years ago or so. So obviously good foresight on yours and other leaders' parts. Uh, where do you see downtown going now? I love where downtown's going. There's a lot of great things that we are just on the horizon. Can you imagine for the first time in all of our lives, we'll be able to have access and enjoy the rivers. Mm -hmm. And I got to take a trip this, this fall on the new river boat. And it's amazing, you see the city. I've been here my whole life and I, yet I now see the city in a whole different way from the rivers. Uh, the things that are happening with the GE building and, and hopefully the event center and just, there's a lot of things that are going on in our community right now. And I'm excited for the future of it. Awesome, awesome. Uh, what's one of the things that you're most excited about? I know we talked about the arena a little bit. Uh, yeah, we, we now call it the event center. Event center, yes. sorry. And uh, I think it'll, you know, there's a lot of things about the event center. It will bring some acts to our community that don't come. And I love the Coliseum. I love the embassy. They both do really, really well. We have a great, great embassy and a great Coliseum. But there are acts that, that are in between those sizes. You know, the embassy does a great job for an intimate 2,500 seat kind of an event. The Coliseum, you can put 12 or 13,000 people in but there's not really a good space for a 3,000 or a 4,000 or a 6,000 seat concert. So mm -hmm. I'd love to see that. I think it would be more right size for some of the basketball games, whether it's the Mad Ants or even the college basketball, I think probably would be better served uh, from, from being in, in a downtown event center. And then of course, what it does to the economy before and after the game, when people walk on the street, it's gonna support the restaurants, it's gonna support the hotels, on and on and on. So then what would you say is the biggest hurdle to overcome in trying to bring this to downtown? Is it trying to change minds? Is it trying to, uh, as some people might say, sell something that you might not know, like selling a unicorn? That's part of it. Um, you know, the community has to have the ability to have faith in themselves. And I know a lot of people are looking at that and going, boy, that's a lot of money to build this event center and show me the payback. And I would argue it's not going to lose much money, if any at all. But there are a lot of things, the airports, the parks, the trails, there are all things that don't make money, but they provide quality of place. 
And by building an event center and having more acts, it's going to keep young people wanting to stay in Fort Wayne because there's more to do. It'll make it far easier for me to recruit. And right now, you know, I meet every new employee as they come to Fort Wayne, and half of ours come from out of this region because we recruit from all over the country. And every one of them, almost without fail, asked me, are all these things really happening in Fort Wayne? I Googled it before I came, and that's really important to me. And they make the decision to come to Fort Wayne because they think Fort Wayne's on the up and up and we're moving forward. Do you like what you see in the up and coming generation of Fort Wayne? Uh, people my age, younger, a little bit older, Absolutely. I love millennials. Yeah. You know, I hear business owners sometimes talk about that they don't understand them. And I would say that every generation has had its challenges and its opportunities, but I'm really excited about millennials. More, more than half of my company. What excites you about the millennial, Bill? Oh, they're just, they're, uh, they're the future. They're so bright. They, they have drive. They have ambition. They want to do things. No, they don't want to be at work 18 hours a day. I get that. They want to have other things in their lives, but they're in. They're all in, and, and you know maybe part of it's the way we screen for our employees here, so we only get the best of the best. Okay. Uh, but I, I love millennials. They're, they're the future of my company, and I'm trying to help them become leaders as soon as possible, and we have programs in place to help them become leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm all for them. So as millennials come into the city, um, one of the, the topics that's consistently talked about is bringing people in, bringing people in. Uh, what about retaining people in Fort Wayne? Well, I think this kind of stuff we're doing downtown is, is helping with that. Just a few years ago, I had no employees living downtown. Today, I have 55 employees wow. that want to live downtown, including my number two at the company, a guy that's, that's not a millennial, but he wants to live downtown, and he is. And, and uh, I think all the kind of stuff that's happening is encouraging people to stay. So if you had to give advice to uh, some up-and-coming millennials, whether they want to be entrepreneurs, work at Sweetwater, work at other companies, graduating high school, um, what would be a good word of advice you would give them from your experiences here in the town? I think there are plenty of opportunities here. It really is up to you and the way you want to apply them and make them. You need to be authentic. You need to be really going for it. Uh, I don't care what city you're in, if you're only going to do it halfway, you're going to have a hard time being successful. But uh, you have the ability in Fort Wayne to, if you really go at it, to, there's lots of people that will help. There's lots of, of ways that you can be successful. Um, I, I just think it's a great community to start a business or grow a business or to do something like that. So with millennials being here, uh, with the city growing at large, where do you see the city in 10, 15 years? Do you, do you see all these things built? Uh, do you see us being another Indy? Do you see us being another Chicago? Uh, what, what do you see the city as in, in that time span as it grows and as it, as it builds? Yeah, I don't know what exactly it will be, but it'll be a point of destination where people do want to live here and want to, to, to enjoy their work and their, and their personal living. And, and there's no reason it can't happen in Fort Wayne. It's a great uh, environment. It's, it's cost effective. You can buy a home here for sometimes what the down payment in a big city would be. Uh, we have lots of amenities. The three rivers are coming more and more into play and becoming important. We have more entertainment in this community, and partly because a lot of them work at Sweetwater, but we have more arts in our community than any other city of this size. There's live entertainment just everywhere, you know, most of the nights during the week and definitely on the weekends. And the same thing at our churches. Those great musicians are also playing at our churches. There's more great live music at churches in Fort Wayne, Northeast Indiana, than most cities of this size anywhere. And with all these great things, we have great minor league sports, we have lots of things to do, we have a great trail system, it's a safe area to live in. Oh, that's awesome. But then you're also only two hours from Indy and three hours from Chicago and three from Columbus and three from Detroit. And we don't have the crime and we don't have the traffic and all those sorts of things. And I would say, why not Fort Wayne? I think it's a great place to be. 
So with all the extra things to do, where do you choose to spend your extra time? Uh, obviously you got your family, you got all your businesses, but when you have those spare moments, what do you, what do you enjoy going to do? I love going and hearing music. So if I can go see a good concert somewhere, that's fun. Did you go to Middle Waves? Uh, I was out of town for Middle Waves. Probably. I wish I could have. I know how great it was and we were a big supporter of it, but yeah. uh, we had to be somewhere else. Uh, we have a motor coach, so sometimes we travel in the coach and really? go different places. Nice. I have an 11-year-old daughter. We took her to uh, Niagara Falls this summer and spent three weeks up in Canada and northern Michigan. And we also have a home down in Florida, so we get down there. But uh, I like to travel, and we have the ability to do that quite a bit. Good, good. Um, I know I've also seen you every now and then uh, playing up on stage, enjoying the music from the seas, but then also playing on stage. That's something that kind of floats your boat. I love playing music. That's how I started. It's a great release for my day jobs, I like to say. Uh, but I play saxophone, keyboards, flute, and two different bands. And I play several times a month, enough to keep me current and fresh mm -hmm. with it. Would you, I know you brought the sax. Would you mind playing a, a lick or two here? Sure, right yeah. now? Yeah, sure. Okay. Put you on the spot a little bit. I didn't bit. warm it up. I don't know how well it's going to work, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay, go for it. This is a tenor saxophone. Mm -hmm. um, I've been playing 50 years this year. Really? I started in fifth grade and uh, yeah, 50 years, so. Thank you. That's really good. Um, you're playing this weekend, aren't you? Uh, this week I'm not playing. I played. No. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Three, last weekend I played three three days in a row. Last yeah. weekend. When do you play next if people want to go see you? Ooh, I don't remember. I have to look at <laughs> my calendar. I, I'm sure I'm playing uh, early November. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So all this talk about Fort Wayne, all this talk about um, the music, the scenes, the arts. Uh, you kind of alluded it to, to a little bit here. Um, as to why not Fort Wayne, but the big question we always want to ask people uh, that are making a difference culturally, business, whatever way you want to look at it, is why Fort Wayne? Why is it the place to be? Why is it a good place to start a business? What, what is the underlying thing? Well, I think I've said that pretty clearly. It is yeah. a great place to start a business. There's all kinds of people willing to help you. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a great examples that you can learn from of businesses that have been successful here. It's a community that can be very supportive. It's a community you can afford to live in. Uh, there are great people. There's something about just the quality of people from the Midwest and specifically from Fort Wayne. You know, I'm able to get really, really good conscientious employees. And I, there's just so many great reasons to start a business here. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time. If you don't mind, I'd love to see some of the building. Sure, let's uh, do it. Maybe we can walk around. Uh, but first, let's get a little bit more of the sax. Oh my gosh, all right. <laughs> Sweet. All right, let's roll. Let's roll. Yeah, this is the history of the company. And uh, I've owned all this equipment, I've owned it through the years, and started in a VW bus. That's all yours. Yeah, it is, yes. Uh, the VW bus, this is really a facsimile of the original one. The original one uh, ended up in a junkyard in Van Wert, Ohio. This is the roots of our company. This is how I started as a recording studio. It's no longer mobile. Looks like there's a session set up right now with lots of instruments, so there you go. Along these walls are all artists that have performed here, and they're all some amazing, you know, Chick Corea, very famous jazz player. Adrian Ballou was just here again a couple weeks ago. He's been here many times. Thomas Dolby had the big hit in the 80s, Science. 
So if I stand here in the middle, you know, we have all kinds of fun things. We've got all the gaming areas. So we've got a putting range, as you see here. We have a high definition golf simulator. We have a pool table, ping pong table, all kinds of video games. That's completely free. It's just for people to hang out. Again, whether you're an employee taking a break or you're a customer in the studio, um, it's just available to everybody. we put a quasi-nightclub together. Looks like a little jazz club. It's got a, a backdrop of the skyline of Fort Wayne. Yeah. Got a stage up there. And then my office here. Full of junk, but it's mine. I have a, I say, 11-year-old daughter, so those are pictures of her from when she was born until a year ago. Email me, call me, walk in my office. I never locked my door, I've never locked my door. I don't even have a key for it, I don't think, but um, we, we say that, that literally and figuratively, we're open door. It's all glass offices, everyone has glass in the front, there's no secrets. Would you go down the slide for us? Absolutely. Really? Oh, we're gonna have to get that. Just like that. <laughs> hey, very good. My architect told me I shouldn't do it. My lawyer definitely told me I shouldn't do it. <laughs> then my lawyer said, you're gonna have people sign releases. I said, no, they're not gonna sign releases. Why are you doing it? Because it's supposed to be fun. When we put the slide in, I've had more people talk about the slide in our community awesome. than anything else we've done. So it's pretty amazing.